Famcast Media. Bitch. Welcome to the SM Podcast. Scribble and Mad Max. What? What? The name is not my pad. Keep my circle tight. Spitting up that verbal light to shed upon the vagabond who's searching for some more of life. Black. Now approaches the wandering Jew. I'm taking some bumps and lacing some blunts, and I'm just smoking this sauntering. Here we go. go. Yeah, we are off and running. S and M Underground. I don't. I, I don't keep track of the fucking episodes, so I don't know what number so this is. One, two, three, four, five, six, six, six. Yeah, it's it, it's up there somewhere. Here come the voodoo, so what you gonna do with my crew? Back from the dead horse mode again. Fucking up the flow again. Fuck it. Here we, Here go, we go again. again. Oh, not so, me again. Last time I wrecked shit, burnt down the church coming through like the exorcist. Like the exorcist. Uh, man, that was definitely one of the, uh, one of the all-time greats as far as, uh, horrorcore is concerned. Definitely one of the, uh, one of the better ones from the early days. And, you know, it's a real shame, too, because I've heard people saying this a little bit lately, and I was fucking... I can't remember. I think it's, uh, can I rest in peace when I die? That came on to my uh, Spotify the other day after whatever I was listening to ended, and I just... Esham has some great tracks. He really does. But he's also got some fucking not great tracks. Uh, like, I'd, I'd say he's he's sixty-five to seventy percent not good tracks, and then those tracks. I, 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 that, that, that distribution is. I don't know if I'm going to go quite. <laughs> Look, man, I'm gonna let I'm the gonna, hate flow. I'm gonna man. at least try to give it a fifty-one forty-nine. <laughs> like <laughs> at least he's at least he's mostly dope, but. Now, I, my thing is this. What I have come to find over time really is that, like, <laughs> when it comes to horrorcore, underground, wicked shit, a real, a really big thing to always keep in mind is that fucking, it usually has way more to do with what you're actually saying, the content, so to speak, than it does how you say it. By which you would mean flow. As we'll find as out. I'm, as we'll find out reviewing this uh, Violent J album. Today. Yeah, yo, bro, no fucking kidding. Uh, my thing is with, with this album, just as an overall, I'm gonna tell you, this album is so very clearly like I don't want to say a cry for help, but it really is like. I mean, if you've been listening to ICP for long enough and you, you're familiar with the kind of music that he, that Jay makes, his music isn't usually quite that depressing and, like, down. And here's something else that I noticed, that this has not been the case for any other project he's ever done. No collaborations. Shaggy is nowhere to be found on that album. Nobody else collaborated on the tracks, and it's just Jay. Yeah. He's never done that before. And listening to the... It's actually kind of funny, because I don't know if it's because he's he's got less breath right now, because, I mean, we all know he's got, you know, like, health problems and shit going on, but um, you can tell that he was trying to get really lyrical with some of this shit, but it was almost like he didn't... Kind of like he didn't have the breath for it. 
Yeah. But lyrically, I think that he was, you know, there were multis, there were doubles and shit, you know what I mean? So it's like. Well, let's, let's, we'll save that and we're going to dig into that because I actually got some cool shit uh, I want to talk about before we dig deep okay. into the review. All right, let's go. Uh, first off, um, all of we've gotten. I've been getting a lot of good feedback on the podcast. A lot of fucking uh, people hitting me up saying they're digging it. And so, if you, the listener, are digging the podcast, be sure to leave us a five star review because that really does help. Oh yeah, most certainly. It really does help to get you up been, in the in the feed and all that shit. No, absolutely. And Listen, so, I haven't been pushing so hard for that stuff yet. I'm getting. I'm kind of. I'm recalibrating myself right now, getting back into a kind of creative mindset. The last few months I've been very held back, but um, that is definitely, if you listen and you like what we do and you want to see this continue to go on, then uh, liking it and sharing it and leaving a five-star review, that is for sure the best way to get it moving. And here's, uh, and here's something, and here's something to like to motivate really, like that somewhere yeah they, 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 the fans were going out leaving a lot of reviews because it pushes you up in the algorithm so that's the whole deal there but no i'm glad to hear that people are liking it man i think that there's a lot of cool shit going on in our scene and i think a lot of people don't know about it because because being attached to like horror rap basically is like because whether or not you want to say you're attached to ICP through the culture or whether you're attached to hardcore or whatever you want to call it it's definitely difficult to sustain yourself within that framework or at least it has been historically like fucking I seen uh, just today on Twitter I seen Danny Diablo sharing saying poetry how you gonna reason with a psycho and fucking just knowing that the connections go that deep like Danny Diablo knows about fucking like you know, Insane Poetry, which is old school horrorcore, and Insane Poetry is one of the dopest motherfuckers I've ever met, but I would, I think it would be fair to say, he has not gotten the credit that he deserves over the years, like, the most recognition he really ever got was getting put into that uh, Simpsons episode in the background where Millhouse has the uh, the poster that says the Family Tree of Horrorcore yeah. and it's got He's in it. I think Scum might have been in it. The Grave Diggers were in it. ICP was in it. Twisted was in it. Um, I haven't looked at it in a long time, so I can't remember who else is on there. Gangsta Nip was probably in there. Fucking, uh, why can't I think of his name? He just got out and he was with Strange. X-Rated. X-Rated was considered hardcore for a long time. But I think that was because he rapped about crimes and then went to jail for, like, serious crime. And I think that people decided, like, oh, well, that they, they, the fact that he really did these things is just horrifying, as though every other rapper wasn't saying shit like that. Yeah. But the difference was, well, to be fair, X-Rated was also, like I said, like, super gritty with his shit. But the fact that, bro, i seen a video of X-Rated getting stabbed in a fucking prison yard, like, fucking 11 times. And he's alive. I met him. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And fucking... Goalie, crimi- goalie criminals usually are the nicest people. If you I was almost, that's what I was about to say. It has been my experience that the realest, most hardcore criminals are often very, very friendly people. Yeah. But they're also they're friendly until you give them a reason to not be, and then it's real bad. Well, let's let's but, keep on let's let's keep on that 
friendly people thing because I have some reviews I want to read of the podcast. So if no, you please. if you leave us five star review, if you leave a one star review and you fucking hate us, we'll read it on the podcast. No, As incentive. I'm no, I'm, I'm so with that. Yes, absolutely. Going from here going forward, and uh, until we reach, let's say, 500, if you leave a review, we will read it. So the first review is from MJ Clark 406. He gave us a five star review. He said, uh, "He said so. I started listening to the SNM Underground podcast, and on this episode, they introduce themselves, give a brief history. All in all, a very fun podcast. I hope they touch more on their careers, more in future episodes. I highly recommend it." MJ Clark. So okay. shout out, shout I'll out. Bear that in mind. That is that is good. Uh, good criticism. Appreciate that. Uh, the next review is from Mark Alden Taylor, who actually has two podcasts. He has um, the Bullshit Sessions with Mark and Jerry, and he has Free okay. For- Freeform Rock Podcast, so big shout out to him. He left us a five star. Right. And he said, if you want to know what's up in the underground of hip-hop plus other discussion, this is the podcast for you. Five stars. I fucked with that. That's very direct, very to the point, and if somebody just happened to be looking... That's good information. Perfect, I like that. Right? Shit. And uh, we got one from our previous producer, D Rotten. These dudes can captivate you for hours. Unless you're D Rotten. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, that is still true. I mean, hey, look, you want to know what? I will go on record as saying, uh, you know, it's all love with D. You know, these things kind of happen. I, you know, I wish it had happened differently, but, you know, what are you going to do? It is what it is. D's, D's still my boy, and he's. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Like he, he to most, be fair, he, the motherfucker produces like eight other podcasts, so he maybe took no, on I, more exactly. than he could do. That was why I was like, you know, that was why I was like, you know what? I am tripping. And the fi- and the final review is a five star from Two Punk to be a podcast. It just says, "Great new podcast, a lot of knowledge from both hosts. Great show, guys." So cool. Well, hey, I appreciate that shit from all y'all. I really do, and uh, it makes me feel better about. It's just my interminable ramblings for the fact that people are actually interested in the shit that we're saying. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's weird, that. right? It is. Uh, say what? It's weird, right? Like people. Yeah, no, it can be. It definitely can be. <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to get to a point where at this point, bro, I, maybe it, these feelings would have been more understandable or well-founded fucking 10 years ago. But at this point, if we're talking underground rap, we're talking juggalo shit. And we're talking real life. I definitely got a fucking. I got at least a few stories worth telling. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely down to do this shit for the long haul because I got plenty to fucking say. And I know that there's other people that we will eventually be able to. You know, once we get the technicals of this shit right. You know, we've discussed this before off. Uh, you know, off air. But you know, before we actually start getting guests in here, I want to make sure everything is fucking. Like smooth and clean, because once we got it like that, I mean, we've already, we're already fucking. Like I said, you know, D said it best. We're captivating. That's so, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let us, conti- let us continue to captivate. Let's uh, dig into some hip hop news. I got some hip hop news this week. Uh, oh no, bet I'm all about that. I'm liking this. Uh, I'm liking the structure. Hit me. So, uh, cannabis. Cannabis has a brand new album coming out. It's called the Self Licking Ice Cream Cone. I okay. You know what? It's so funny because I was just looking on Facebook and I seen that with somebody else. I'm not sure who, 
And I was like, I thought it was just a collab of his. Like he was collaborating with somebody and that was what it was gonna be called. That it's actually it's song. actually it was like he's collaborating, all the beats are Johnny Slash. Ah I like that. Well, so that means that Matthew Markoff obviously has something to do with that project because he works real close with both of them. But that to me means that it's probably going to be a really solid project. I think that Cannabis on Johnny Slash Beast, that could be really big for the both of them in the sense that Johnny Slash is super dope. Like, his boom bat beats, bro, he's one of the best. There's no question. He produced uh, he he, with, he uh, produced my song uh, "Knock Your Teeth In" with Chucky e. Chuck from Skinwalker. So shout out no, to Johnny Slash, he's shit, a bro. beast. He did this uh, he did this project with uh, Jared Benton, or at least I know he's produced shit for Jared Benton. That is fucking ridiculous. But no, so I know that can that uh, Matthew Markov has worked real close with Cannabis for years. He was actually he wrote a book about the whole thing where uh, he was the one who set up the battle between uh, Cannabis and Disaster. Or he was very instrumental in making it happen. Right. And so, I feel like to put them two together, Johnny Slash is super dope, mostly known in the underground, and Cannabis is super dope, but hasn't been able to break back into the mainstream in a very long time. And I think that Cannabis with the right production and like artwork and whatever and you know management and all that behind him i think he could dead he still as nasty as he's ever been yeah yeah while they did they did release a sampler and you can hear a little sample of every track and it sounds i'm gonna have to check that shit out man most of it sounds pretty fire um i'm glad he's with johnny slash because there's one thing about cannabis that i don't like to me, Cannabis has three classic albums that you can listen to front to back, but he has like 89 million albums, and they're and all... he has done a lot. They're all... Most of them, the beats aren't my thing, you know what I mean? His, his beat picking is very like Nas, like you either are going to love it or you're going to hate the beats he picked. Well, so what I would say to that is I do agree, but... I think that the reason why it's true that his beat selection is kind of all over the place is because Cannabis is somebody who, like, and I I can't actually say the name of the song, so I'm just going to call it N-Word Nometry. Yeah. Say, so, okay, you know what I'm talking about? From the first album. And so just, just think of that song, of what he was doing with that. Yeah. Like, just the crazy stuff that, like, he literally... In his song, like in a rap song, for no real reason, decided to basically theorize how the world's not actually three quarters water because, like, if you take an ice cube out of water, you see the water level go down. So, what if we took all the animals out of the water? And you know, real weird shit. But <laughs> one way or another, what I'm saying is that his process, I'm willing to bet, is very or can be very erratic. Yeah. And so for that reason, I think that he's good enough probably where he could just like, just have a thought and just write that shit like boom, done. Yeah, I don't think he, and, uh, Cannabis seems like an MC who doesn't even have a beat. He's just one of those dudes, he has shit in his brain and he writes it down. Okay. Well, so that does, uh, that does definitely present a, because I honestly, I gotta tell you, man, 
I never really liked writing to not a beat, mainly because the actual beat, if it's made, if it's made well at all, then it's going to have like different nuances and changes, and you're usually going to be able to work with that. But also, it's like you can definitely form fit a verse to a different beat, or to if you write it on no beat, unless it's like a chopper verse, you know what I mean. You can write it to pretty much any whatever you know any rhythm and it's gonna you know you're find a way to make it work but i feel like that's almost like having to write the song like that's like writing the song one and a half times yeah. you know what i'm saying like you write the verse and then you have to kind of rewrite it to be able to you know fit into what make you're doing you know what I mean? so and all that yeah i think that it's like and again I, my thing is this is all completely fucking conjecture i know literally nothing of cannabis's process so it's, I can't. Yeah, I have no idea how yeah, he actually either, does so, do it. But. I mean, it's all speculate, pure speculation. No, yeah, it's, it's purely speculation. But yeah, my again, my thing is, I feel like I could see him being the kind of person where, and I say this because this has happened for me, and I know that if it's happened for me, that there's no way that it doesn't happen for rappers that are better than me. And fucking. So many different times I've had it where some of the best verses that I've ever written, I, I vomited them out basically. Like I just wrote them in like a, like ten minutes, yeah, twenty minutes sometimes. And that's not to say that I haven't also made songs and written verses that took me a really long time to write that were good. But I've definitely had it happen that way. And I feel like the better that you are at it, and counter that with the more you're able to do it as a means of like I write. A, a decent amount I haven't written in a, as much in a while I have kind of been writing but when I'm in it I can write a lot and I've like I've never had the ability to just write as like that's how I'm making my money like writing verses is how I'm going to feed my children and pay my bills this month yeah I haven't quite gotten to that point so with that being the case I like I feel like you can make, because the, the, the fact that he's made so many albums obviously proved that very prolific writer and I think that when you're at that point you just have a thought and you like feel like you can take it to his logical conclusion well he did a, he did a whole album like uh, he just recorded like tons of bars and basically he put it online so that any producer could just you could snip any line from any of the verses and they would fit together like some genius oh, wow. shit like that. Like, so he's... Yeah, not, not for nothing, that is actually a pretty, like... I think that's a really cool concept where, like, you can create multiple versions of the same album, basically. Yeah. Based on who wants to do what. That's really cool. Now, I will say, but, uh... I don't know what the fuck the title means. This is Self-Licking Ice Cream Cone. And I will say that the... Album art is hot garbage. I don't know who he got doing his album oh, art. Are you d- I just want to make sure because if I saw what I think I saw, it's Mount Rushmore and the, the Watchman has a has a face mask, the COVID and, mask. I didn't even see the rest of it. That's just the one thing that I remember. That's from the it, cover. And then there, I, and, I, then so, and then it's and then it's a floating cone. a floating ice cream cone that has a C on it. <laughs> so that's cannabis. I honestly, I think that knowing cannabis as I do, that is obviously, first of all, going to probably be pretty heavy, you know, like anti-vaxxer or like at least anti-COVID. Yeah, he calls it the pandemic. 
and uh, see that's some shit where I like I ain't even mad at him because quite frankly that's always like with the people that just kind of popped up out of the fucking woodwork on some bullshit it's like alright fine but Cannabis, you at least got to give him credit. He's cannabis, cannabis got stripes in this conspiracy shit, so he could, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Like, fucking big time. Well, in other and news. So, oh, sorry. Did you have something to say? No, I was just going to say if anybody is going to be the mouthpiece for that fucking argument, I'd rather it be him yeah. than some fucking dumbass QAnon Karen out in Missouri somewhere. Yeah. Like, I fucking can't stand those people. I'd rather have cannabis tell me about it because at least when cannabis says it, it's a little bit more compelling. Yeah. And he actually is able to formulate an argument to make me think, oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But exactly. It's, it, it, it's more entertaining to hear it from him because you want to know what the opinions are always going to be out there. So better to have somebody that at least has fucking some skin in the game to give you a uh, give you their perspective on it. Right. And I'll tell you right now, and I haven't really listened to a ton of cannabis's underground shit like I'm not even <clears throat> I know that he's again most of what he had done where when I had ever heard about releases or seen anything was yeah you know again he was always very on the conspiracy tip and very on the uh you know on the lyrical tip but I, I will also say just regarding cannabis I, I feel like again I didn't pay super close attention but I feel like the whole disaster situation once that ended I don't think that like panned out well for him generally. Like yeah. I don't know. Like and I could be wrong because again, I, I really did not look that closely. Well, but here's the it, thing. Here's the thing. Um, as a hardcore cannabis stand, um, yes, in the eyes of the world of hip hop, cannabis has never been able to recover from that battle and pulling out the notepad. And I think it's, Oh wow, okay, oh so wow, that's I think right. I think it's I, think, I honestly I, so you know it's I think it's bullshit, bro. It's bullshit because here's the thing, like okay, we all fuck up, you know what I mean? Eminem released Marshall Mathers LP two. Everything can be forgiven, you know what I mean? <laughs> and here's and here's and here's uh, and here's up. the thing, bro. Uh, cannabis has, cannabis has made so many classics and so so many bangers oh, no, and so actually. many feature verses that just blew everyone out of the water that you know, I'm not going to look at one thing and be like fuck cannabis forever like a lot of people have, you know. And cannabis oh, no, that to me is silly, bro. I have honestly I never stopped looking at cannabis as less of uh, a master lyricist <laughs> it's like I honestly I think that my hip hop brain has tried to erase that memory because I always forget about that until somebody brings it up because I remember the battle I always, everybody remembers the battle and I know he didn't win but I always forget about the notebook yeah like Cause I just because uh, I because I just don't want to think about it because you're right from the stance of like somebody hip hop like or just from the stance of the culture hip hop bro I remember watching that shit you win Diz oh my god that shit made my soul hurt yeah oh my lord but you want to know what here's the other part about that because I do understand that he lost respect in the eyes of many people whatever but to me. 
especially in retrospect, I think that my respect is raised for him, and I'll tell you why. Because he was so, like, I don't care if I win this battle or not. I had some shit that I was going to say specifically, and by God, you motherfuckers are going to sit there and listen to me say it. So, give me my book. I want to make sure I say this shit correct. Yeah. And you want to know, because I appreciate that. Quite frankly, Cannabis is somebody who embodies the spirit of hip-hop that is the only thing that I really think I've ever had. Because the only thing I can ever fucking say that I have is lyricism. I can fucking spit. I don't know nothing about, like, my beat selection is pretty good in most cases. Um, my artwork's all right. Um, my live performance is pretty dope. But I'm lyrical as fuck. Like, I can spit. And to me, cannabis is like the master of that shit. Like, or at least one of definitely the masters of that shit. That he's, just on the like, Mount, he's on the Mount Rushmore for me, for sure. Yo, but wait, for somebody that way, if you're talking about spitting dope bars. Lyricism, straight lyricism. Fuck it. Like, he was there, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody, like Crooked Eye or somebody else in that direction, where the bars are just so fucking like even Eminem is like Crooked Eye is one of my top favorites yeah like Crooked Eye is ridiculous yeah but in that same direction of was Crooked Eye part of that Horseman project yes I believe so was he man I remember hearing about that I was sleeping on that shit I gotta go listen I mean to the, that fl- the four horsemen like, with uh, cannabis and corrupt and yes them dudes Actually, I don't know. I think he he had a feature on it, but I don't know if he was an official. I would, part of it. I mean, he might I be. Would so. He might he, be. He would fit, he fit in. But in, well. in 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 other news, well. in other news, because we got to get to this review. But in other news, you got a show coming up. Why don't you tell people about oh, the show? Oh no! So the show already happened. Oh, the show already happened. How how'd it go? Oh no! It went real well, man. It was just a great time. Just small place, but it was a. Like, I believe a recording studio that they go to a lot that also can, like, you know, kind of double as a sound stage. And, you know, it was basically just a party. It was, I don't know, let's say like 40, 50 people, something like that. But it was a really good time. Like, it was just, I'll tell you right now, one of the one of the best things that happened while I was there, I was just showing in my car for a minute. And I look over to the right, and I see a work truck pull up. It's got letters, you know, on the side, like a ladder up top, like a professional work truck. Yeah. And then homie steps out in face paint. And I was just like, oh, yes. Douglas for attendance. This is definitely fucking uh, the juggalo, uh, juggalo soiree I hoped it would be. No, it really was. It was a great time. We could fucking smoke inside, which was fantastic. Beautiful. You don't get to do that very often. Beautiful. But I also had to hang out in the back, so I wasn't getting too fucking, so I was, you know, like, my throat was hurting. So you could actually before. go spit. But because, because I've been working out, my performance was actually pretty on point. I was not really winded, and uh, I was able to fucking put it down. And uh, I think it went well. I, uh, I definitely think it went well. I, uh, I did the song I was telling you about. Uh, it's called uh, The Merry Go Round Broke Down. It's basically just like breaking down fucking the, just my place in the underground and how like it's all about fucking clout now. Right. Nobody really cares about the culture anymore. Like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. 
it is uh, very interesting to see these things uh, see how they go but there was uh, we had our thing and then there was also an event in uh, Dallas where I thought that it was a joke at first but apparently Violent J actually went to it and so uh, that was I know Acetone was one of the one of the if he wasn't the one who actually put it on he was one of the main acts and then there were other people that were involved I remember it's it's actually funny that the people whose names I remember were people that were not rappers like uh, Shank fucking he's like he's just he's, you know he's a juggler people know him and fucking yeah I don't know but it was uh, it looked like it was a pretty good time like to me I'm looking at it where like as long as juggalos are out doing shit that to me is like that's the good shit yeah I seen fucking I seen Fagos hit the hit the ceiling at the place I was at had a good time and uh yeah, man. Beautiful, bro. I'm it glad. Was, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you were able to make that show and kill it. And uh... yeah, not everybody that was there, man. Let me. It was fucking. What was it? Wickedwood, Gibby Stites, who he's dope. Every time I see him perform, he fucking he's definitely. He we gotta get Gibby on stage we, freestyling for like fucking. 15 straight minutes. We got. We, we gotta. We gotta get Gibby on the show because I gotta talk about. The oh, reason. oh, absolutely! Oh, and I'm sure he would do it. I'm I, a thousand percent sure. He here's would do why. It. Here's why I say because oh, we were we were talking about, we were talking we were about to do a song together. Uh, this is like four months ago, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and I hit him up and and I really fucked with his whole Goosebumps vibe because you know as a child of the '90s, Goosebumps was the shit. So I'm fucking with him on the Goosebumps shit, and. Uh, I tell him, you know, I got my I got my kid over here on the weekend, and I've been talking to Gibby back and forth all week, and uh, uh, my son is really into the Goosebumps right now. So my son wanted to know what Gibby's favorite Goosebumps book was. So he told me, and then uh, I had my son message him like, yo, that's whack, bro. Like, that's the lamest Goosebumps book. This is a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old son, right? And then he, the dude unfollowed me like a media. I'm like, you can't get offended at a 10-year-old calling you out on your goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, so, uh, just to have that conversation would be hilarious. That um, would be uh I want to I want to shout out um I may be performing at Rhyme Fest coming up in a couple months here in LA with uh, Necro cool. and uh Sage Francis and hosted by Immortal oh, Technique. Yeah, I seen some uh I seen flyers for that shit. Yep, yep, hosted by Immortal Technique, uh, Project Blowed, LA's very own, will be there, and shout out, I'll, I'll be there kicking it with the homies in Project Blowed, so if anyone can come out, I believe, I wish I had the flyer with me right now, I, I believe it's about a month and a half away, um, April, I believe, so definitely come out and support Underground Hip Hop. That sounds like a good time, man. Right. I mean, that's where it's at to me, like, just... Anybody that's out there actually doing some shit, they're like, that's that's what underground music is, is people that just decided, I'm gonna go out and fucking do it. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not some fucking scene is going to accept me. And I did, the other thing, and this is why this shit is so fresh to me, the, uh, the fucking Juffalo Weekend 
Uh, that was down in Jersey. That was where I was at. And then I believe it was called Junk Jam Vendetta in uh, Dallas. Those both happened on, like, no lead time. Like, that shit happened super, super short notice. And that, to me, is just, like... That's one of the things I've always loved about Juggalos, man, is the idea that, like, if we want to do some shit, we'll just fucking go somewhere and do some shit. Just go get a handle. Well, why are you waiting around? Ain't no one gonna set some shit up for you. Like, fuck it. If if there ain't any venues that are fucking, you know, if there ain't any venues open, we'll fucking figure something out. Because again, where we were at, it was definitely not like, it was not a concert venue. Like, the fucking, the door, like, locked from the outside. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it wasn't like a place that was meant to be like a storefront. But... Man, that was uh, it was definitely a good time and uh, I uh, yeah I, so we are going to uh, review uh, Bloody Sunday are we not yeah but before we do that I just want to uh, mention one thing what I've been listening to this week is do you remember the show Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew I do um, I do you can go to lovelinetapes.com and get all the archive from like 94 to like 2006 and you can get the whole right. archive they got all of the ICP appearances that's where I, I started respecting ICP to be honest because I listened to them on Loveline and I was like these dudes are the funniest motherfuckers like they're perfect for this Loveline thing but it's beautiful because uh, you can go all access all these celebrities who've been on the show and the two that I listened to this week were Kid Rock was on and then a week later, Eminem was on. Okay. And, um, they uh, here's what I noticed: they both lied about their age. <laughs> both of them said I they were forty. Doubted. I mean, if they were both at a point where they were still just like getting bitches, then fucking. Well, here's what it is, and I've talked to Art Alexakis from Everclear. He told me all kinds of stories about what these labels do, especially in the '90s and before we had internet. Um, yeah. Eminem was almost 30 when he blew up. People don't realize right. that. He seemed like such a young kid, and so did Kid Rock. And Kid Rock was 30 when he blew up with Devil Without a Cause, right? So, back Kid Rock then. Was 30 when that came out. Yeah, 30 was fucking old in the music business back then. It's not yeah. like now oh, yeah. where you can, oh, yeah. as long as you got dope shit and you got a fan base, it's popping. Like back then, so art from Everclear had told me this story that when he got signed to Capitol, Art got signed when he was 34. You know what I mean? So Everclear didn't even pop till he was 35. So the label came to him saying, we're going to have well, you... with rock bands, though, I feel like that's kind of a different thing, you know? It's, it's, well, not in the 90s, I guess, because the, the Capitol came to him and said, you're going to say you're 24. Because uh, any, oh, all right. Well, no. So at that point, yeah, all right. And, well, and he, he basically... Hey, he basically he was in a place... I think he was in a place where he could fucking pretend he was 24. If, he, well, if he's 35, looking 24. And, and here's the thing, though. Like, Everclear were that band where, like, who's that old guy in the band? Like, everyone knew. <laughs> everyone knew this motherfucker. That's funny. You want to know why that's really funny? Because I fucking, we had, my father, for whatever reason, got the first Everclear album. I remember we had it. Sparkle and Faith? And, and Father of Mine. No, Father of Mine. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So much for the afterglow. But, um, I fucking, I 
do remember. Well, he, there's three people in the band. There's three people in the band. The the other two are in their twenties. He's thirty five. But I, and it's funny. It's funny because I really do remember looking at him and just having this feeling of like, well, it dude looks old. Yeah. So 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 <laughs> they looks, came to, they came to him saying they came to him saying well, you're gonna say you're 24 and luckily he had enough leverage to be like you know what I I have. Uh, plenty of opportunity to, to say dumb shit. I do it all the time to make myself look bad. You're not gonna fucking add on top of that. So he refused. But Eminem and Kid Rock both said they were 26 or 27. It's like, you motherfuckers are 30. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Pre, pre, pre-internet uh, before you could Google shit. It was just it was interesting. Yeah, no. It was, it was a different time. It was definitely... Definitely not the same. Alright, well let's dig into this Violent J album because I have got some shit so to say. Like, I listened to it again tonight. So did I. Fucking having listened to it once already earlier in the week. But <laughs> so it's very like I mean again, I can't stress enough. It's just fucking really dark and like I've heard people apparently have been comparing it to Hell's Pit, and I can I can see that a little bit. Understand what they're saying with that because I have to listen to it again all the way through. But I think it's entirely possible that he doesn't say Juggalo one time on the album. I could be wrong about that. I went, yeah. Gonna I, have to I listen wasn't, to it again. I wasn't listening for that when I was. Li- I was listening to find the good in it. No, listen. Fair enough. <laughs> but which I found. Yeah, some, I, I mean, again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna totally shit on it. I found some good shit I like on it. Well, no. I listen. My whole thing is this. The really and it's funny because when I first said something about it, I said the two songs that stood out for me were uh, "Scatterbrain 2 and uh, "Horrendous Ways." But Horrendous Ways was like, it was good. It definitely was good. But it also like, it just, most of these songs were building to like a climax of just something awful. And then just, it hits. And like, I mean, again, the, the intro is like, I think he comes right out. And he's like, I don't want to be alive anymore in the worst way like and then as you keep going through it like it is actually interesting though because the song I'm pretty sure it was No Friends that was the one where it like ends in a rock ballad but that's uh that's uh No Friends is super emo Jay which I'm not here for well, hey, listen, fair enough, but my thing is this, that the way that I'm looking at the album is the vibe. just based on when it was made and when it's coming out and just how things have been, like, again, it's hard to, like, it's, in a lot of ways, it's not his best work, but like I said, there are definitely a lot of examples of super solid lyricism in there. It's just a matter of maybe if you're not into the delivery. 
Because I definitely will give it to you. He was he did not have his strongest flow. What happened? Himself. I gotta ask this. What happened to Violent J in the last ten years? To his voice, it sounds like he's very wheezy. He's very like he he's way more high pitched than he used to be. Honestly, I don't. I couldn't even speculate because I don't know what kind of if there was a drug that you could do that affected your body that way. I would. You know, again, he's been at this point. He's been pretty open about his struggles with the shit, and so I don't really know what he was getting into or what he's been. You know, like I find you know, that for he, I find that for me the hardest part is I could find lyrics here and there where I'm like, oh, that's a dope bar. I get what he's saying here, but the hardest part for me, of, of whether it's you know this or the few last few ICP albums, is that voice. It's so different from what it was. Back in the day, uh, to me. See that? I, to me. That I don't agree. To me. That I personally, I've never noticed. I will say this: he definitely on this album. I agree that his voice is much more like he, he does have more of that wheezy quality on this album specifically. However, with that the said, first, the first time I noticed it was the six foot seven foot joint. Well, I don't, he, you want to know what? I honestly, I I've heard that song a few times. I'm not a huge fan of that one, but I again, as he's gotten older, it's like you know, it makes sense that your voice is going to change a little bit. But I don't know. I again on this album specifically, I definitely you can hear it. There are a couple of times where his voice sounds to me different than I've ever heard it before. Like it sounds way different than that. Yeah. But again, I really if you the, again I'm looking at this album in a different way because you gotta understand the, the reality of the situation for me is that I'm a Juggalo since 1997. Well, 1997-2000 because it doesn't matter. It's fucking 20 plus years at this point. And so with that being the case, looking at you know like. When I listen to Juggalo shit, when well, I you're gonna to have you're gonna have a lot more context than than me. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the cool like, thing, well, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, for what it sounds like to me, is just this is why to me I can understand at least conceptually the comparison to Hell's Pit because it's just utter darkness like the beats are very dull too and I don't mean that necessarily negatively but very no subdued like very like not very boisterous not very like like hell's pit fuck you everybody on the east side fuck you everybody on the west side fuck you north side south side fuck you everybody worldwide like I really again listen to this shit and like he definitely is going through a very very dark period of his life and I don't know what that entails but I will say this that the song No Friends the way that it ends if I'm thinking of the right song having just listened to the album like like where you're saying does it even matter if I eat anymore does it even matter if I breathe anymore it doesn't even matter if I wake up anymore if a tree falls in the forest and like I'm I'm butchering this right now because I'm not remembering it properly but 
the the important thing is him saying if a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to see or hear does it even fall at all and again it's like the beginning the, the first two verses you know it is very much that way but like I said it kind of becomes like a rock ballad towards the end but he, he flips it with the hook and because I can't remember the exact lyrics but he more or less implies his children. That's kind of like the problem. That's that's kind of the problem to me with this. There's not a lot of quotables. Whereas when I listen to, um, no, I I will give you that. You know, like there's when I, when I go back and I listen to uh, uh, what's the other solo album before this? Not The Shining, the one before that, from 2003. It was kind of a good the the Wizard of the Hood. Wizard of the Hood. Wizard of the Hood. Is that technically... It's Violent J. So it's marketed as a solo album, I mean, but... Yes, it's kind of a project. It's kind of a project of, you know, all that. It was, but, I mean, it was a collab project, but generally speaking, it was a J story. But he was bitten hard on that shit, bro. And I'm just... I'm listening to this. I'm like, what the fuck? Where is Violent J? What happened to Violent J? What is this? I listen, that's I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying, man. I would not speculate as to what's actually going on in his life. I really don't know. And it's not our place and, to like, you know, whatever. But, well, but all I'm saying is this, listening to this album, it just sounds desperately sad. Like really really negative. Like he just I want to see the world go pitch black. I want to take the moon away because I, I want everything black. I don't want to see nothing. Yeah. And just the uh, the herder, I'm just here to hurt you. And again, I'm telling you, I really, I'm going to listen to it again. And because uh, I'm not sure. Because he does clown blood. I know that. But I don't think he says juggalo in the whole album. I'll have to listen to it again. That'd be interesting. Um, no, that's kind of what I'm saying. Because if that is the case, then that would be really, really interesting. And and, and because, he, he, here's where it fails, though. As far as like when I first started listening to it last night, I'm like, this is. Oh, hold on. This is very. It reminded me of Hell's Pit, but like a way inferior version of Hell's Pit. And I. What you were saying about, like, it sounds like he's going through some dark shit. I definitely caught that vibe. But it also sounds like the dark shit is preventing him from growing as an MC. I mean, you might be right. But I think that, to me, you know, The Shining came out several years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's no reason why, you know, Shaggy did Fuck the Fuck Off, motherfucker, not that long ago. Um, which, I mean, it was funny because the song came up uh, after I finished listening to whatever album, uh, and his and that one came up. But like, people try to talk about like, oh, why can't they just dead the beef? Like, bro, if you listen to that, if you just listen to Psychopathic Soldier, and it's like, yeah, no, nah, I think they're like they're all fucking done. They're, that's not. You know, I ain't going fucking backwards on that. Yeah. But I just, to me, the way that I really think about it, 
And it's like, it's fucked up because I don't think a lot of people consider this shit with him. Because I personally hadn't even thought about this until just recently. But Jay was raised by a single mother who, you know, was, (laughs) you know, his actual father was not there. And then as he got older, Psychopathic Records and ICP became, you know, the main thing in his life. And then as time went by, I I don't know, I'm pretty sure he was married to his kid's mother for a while. And then they got divorced. And then he talks about fucking in I'm try I think it's on Yum Yum on uh Time to Die. I it's like I can't remember the name of the track, but uh, I never would have thought from time to time. I hope you end up missing. I can't remember the actual, like, I can't remember the name of the song, but I mean, he's pretty candid about this shit. Like, it's funny because everybody listens to the songs and everybody wants to be entertained by it, but nobody actually listens to this shit. Like, yeah, he's throwing a lot of craziness into his shit. There's a lot of fantasy or whatever, but he definitely is, like, you can fucking tell when he's trying to fucking get something across. Yeah. Like, or at least you've got me to fucking think. And just the idea that, like, in Psychopathic Records, Twisted Left, he fucking, he ends up getting divorced. He fucking does a song called No Friends, but then again also ends on fucking, it does matter if I survive because my kids are there. At least that was the vibe that I took from it. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just... That's my main fucking thing about Jay pretty much at all times is the idea that, like, there were a lot of people that were all pissed off there's no Juggalo Day weekend or, like, you know, all these different shows and all the shit they're doing. And it's like... He's got a family. You know, he's got fucking... got higher priorities than putting on shows for fucking Juggalos that have been... You know, same fucking 500 people that have been going to the shows for the last fucking at least six, seven years. You know, like the the, the typical crew that need to go to every single Juggalo event. Is that fucking, that's, a, that's an interesting contingent right there, but I'm just like, the man's got a family, right? Let's not, the only time they ever fucking didn't do a gathering was when they had, was when fucking COVID happened. And I bet they, I bet, I hope they fucking relished that summer. But, like, again, man, I don't know, like, when I listened through it a second time, it, again, I really just, it is an overwhelmingly dark album. And it's, like, lyrically, again, I can't not agree it is not his best work. Lyrically, it's definitely not his best work. But I will also say that it is some of his most honest work that he's done thus far. Like, he is really laying it all on the line. And I will also say, however it is the song got made, I don't know necessarily how it got made. I have my theories, but... One way or another, the last song, Some Good Pussy, it's just funny. Like, it's a really weird, silly track. Yeah, I'm not sure what the fuck he's exactly talking about, but it's very entertaining. No, he's talking about, like, I'm going to dress like you. Like, I'm, you know, like, like you got, like, your makeup is so dope, and your, like, your outfits and your 
your underwear. Is so this, nice. Yeah, was this like, like some pro trans trans? Shit? I, you know what? I'm not necessarily sure. I'd like That's to the think vibe so. I got, and from the the single cover of it. No, fair enough. I honestly, I don't know. I seen him post something about it where he was like basically again just talking about like, oh, it was just funny. We're just you know fucking around. Yeah. So like. I, well, I'm, I and, uh, I've, can I let me interrupt you real quick? Um, yeah, go right ahead. Here's really what made me think it was about trans because it made me. I watch every ICP interview I can because I think I love to okay. hear them talk. They're very knowledgeable. I just love their personalities. Um, Violent J, and, and look to to a certain degree, he's right on this, but to a large degree, he's dead fucking wrong. And, and that is when he talks about, like, young people, right? Like, young people, he said, yeah, we all need to listen to young people. Okay, on one extent, I see what you're saying. But when it comes to social issues, politics, young people are dumb as fuck. I'm not saying there aren't smart young people and that young people don't have heart. But realistically, they're retarded. You know what I mean? So... That kind of, I know he has that kind of stance because he has two young children, right? And and I can even see with my 11-year-old, he is so much smarter than I was when I was 11. I was focused on yeah, G.I. Joes and I fucking, going this kid reads, he knows everything about space. You know what I mean? So, so that's just kind of the vibe that I get. And it's like, yo, but don't take this. I know you're trying to be young. Whatever track three is, which is actually a not not a bad song. I have it on my good song list. He's trying to do like this trap shit, and I'm just like, yo, it doesn't work, bro. Not I'm it's not a sure full. That, I'm pretty sure that was clown blood. Yeah, clown blood, clown blood, and it's not full. It's not like he's going but he's got, got the trap style beat. He's kind of doing the the new schooly flow. And I'm like, look, dude, like, at this point, you don't have the voice for it. You don't have the rhymes for it. You sound like a 55-year-old man on it trying to sound new. And that's the vibe I got from a couple of these songs. I, well... I know yeah, that I just man, spewed out. I just spewed out a lot, so try and digest all that. <laughs> well, bro, I, you have to remember, Violent J's trajectory in the fucking rap game has not been, um... What's the right word I'm looking for here? A typical? His, he has gone all over the fucking map with all kinds of crazy shit that he's done. Yeah. And I really look at it where at this stage of the game, where like, I mean, again, Psychopathic Records is his brainchild. He can That's, do, and you know, he can do, he's earned the right to do whatever the fuck he wants. I'm sure when he was making this album, he didn't give a fuck whether... Scribble and Mad Max We're gonna like it or not He's doing it for himself well, no, well, You know But I just I can't I'm, I'm not feeling most of it You know I Well I, here's the thing I would not I would not suppose that That's the wrong way to say that I wouldn't have Any issue with anybody Saying they didn't like it Cause again Having listened to it Are you kidding me Anybody Like This is the kind of shit that I used to deal with when I was young and this is why Twisted kind of fucking saved my ass in times because I, I couldn't play fucking Joker's cards tracks for my fucking homies like the Bloods that I was hanging out with they would have fucking literally clowned me they would have like I actually remembered something I hadn't thought about this for a while where I had one time on this part of my arm 
I had drawn a lotus cross and it had arrows. And for whatever reason, the way that it was like, they tried to say a little, the, what they do is they tried to say a little like a bitch for it. tried to fucking burn my arm with a fucking torch lighter. Like, the hood, it does not get down with ICP. Right. Like, not at all. And to that point, ICP, if you look at their numbers now, most of the shit that is their most popular songs are the tracks that, that played on TikTok. So that's like Hocus Pocus, My Axe, Chop Chop Slide, I think. And I think one more, I can't remember. But at the same time, they have two million monthly listeners. And they're not fucking paying nobody for that. That's all theirs. Yeah. So. And again, they Jay has earned the right to make as many shitty fucking albums as he wants. And I'm sure he will continue to do so. But I... Cannot get hyped after hearing this. I the next thing that he drops, whether it's with ICP solo, whatever he does, better be to me. For me, this is just me, motherfuckers. I don't. I got I, you. I'm not shitting on the fans who like it. I'm not shitting on the juggalos. I'm. I, this is my perspective. Yo, you better drop some hot fire, bitch, or I don't give a fuck no more. That's how this album got me feeling. <laughs> And, and, and bro, can we bro, please, bro. can someone please get in the goddamn studio with Violent J and tell him to stop singing? He's not a fucking singer. He's flat as shit. He sounds terrible. At least double your goddamn vocal tracks. I can't remember which track, but there was a part where he starts singing at a point, and I'm just like, yo, <laughs> why did he try to bring it all the way? point unless he's just trying not to be serious about it in the hole like, that's the song in the hole that song was trash i i think that i think that might have been it well but so again they, bro i really can't stress enough that it's just I, I, bro it is an unbelievably depressing and dark album like that I think is what he wanted to get across the most and and again to me like I've heard Jay rap plenty like the dude is competent he knows what he's doing but I can't remember which song it was where it was like he kept the same flow the whole time and there was one part of it that was kind of cool where it was like it kind of bounced for a little bit but like the cadence was like like and he was like I I can't remember exactly what the lyrics were but just and that's kind of what I'm saying is that very very much so it was clearly the the content of the lyrics was meant to be more important than the delivery of the lyrics like he wanted to do this shit in a very specific way. He wanted to sound a very specific way. Um, I will say this. A harrowing time. That was a super, super wicked track. And again, to me, this is a big part of horror. My note my, my note for harrowing time is this song goes nowhere. I'd rather deep throat a cactus. That is... Um, <laughs> no, you want to know what? Again, 
my thing is looking at it from a different perspective, or from my perspective, personally. Knowing that this album is, like I said, I personally think this is some of his most honest work. And when you consider that, like I said, one of the big things about horrorcore for me, wicked shit, is like Content. a blending of your real life with the just fantastical violence of what you're creating. Because that's like, you listen to the album, you know, he's creating these insanely like dark cartoonish situations that but are he didn't, meant he didn't to just... Use, he didn't used to do it in such a corny way. No, well, listen, man, I don't just think, look, I really, I, and it sucks, because I, like, I, I, <laughs> come on, Max, it's okay, get it out, agree buddy. that he was not spitting dope on this album. I really, I, I, trust me, I'm there with you. I don't think that he killed it on this one, but I think that the value of the songs is much more in the feeling and like the vibe and the just like atmosphere of it like and I get that I I get that I totally understand where you're coming from with that I just want you to know so it doesn't seem like I'm I'm ganging up on this shit no I do understand because we are definitely on deep opposite sides of this because my problem is I, I don't love the album I really don't right it has some good songs for sure and I think that I I would probably I again I'd have to listen through it specifically to really figure out exactly which ones I liked and I didn't like. But Well I figured it, it out just, and I'm I gonna read again, it. To you. Like the, the one of the main reasons I think I don't like it is because it's like I said, it's so wildly fucking sad and depressing. Like I don't like seeing somebody who I've looked up to for many, many years in this kind of position where it's just like, on the song Scatterbrain 2, everything that matters is in tatters and it's goddamn strange. Like, that to me, Scatterbrain 2 was such a weird fucking song. Like, that's kind of my point. Like, he just said fucking whatever. Because he's, you want to know why? Because his brain is broken from all the shit that he's had to deal with in his life. That, that song, and, that scatter, just real quick, that scatter, have you ever heard of a Wu, he's a Wu-Tang affiliate named Warcloud. He also goes by Holocaust. You ever heard of I this guy? I don't think I have heard of him. He's one of these guys where he does what Violent J did in Scatterbrain, but he does it the way I prefer it, which is, it's, you listen to it and it sounds like I should be on acid or angel dust and this would all make sense but scatterbrain doesn't give me that vibe like war cloud he has shit like uh silver ants and golden beetles crawling throughout my paragraph chief war cloud to peel a lemon and share a drag i don't know what any of that means but i know it sound. i know it sounds cool as fuck and well, with, no, scatterbrain, listen, with scatterbrain too he did have a couple of those lines like that's intriguing just the words he's putting together like it's it's pretty intriguing to listen to so I'll give him that. Well, so, and again, that's kind of my thing, that there were definitely a good few, like, examples of solid lyricism, but 
I feel like I don't think that he has the wind that he used to. I don't know that he has the breath that he used to have. Flow. But, well, but that's those kind of go hand in hand. But my point is that I really just the the overall vibe of the album is just unbelievably dark, and it's like I don't know. I really do look at it as it's a really good example of wicked shit rap because it's like you gotta understand man the Jay is making music for people that do not give a fuck about flow so I know that that's not what he's really thinking about what he's and here's the other thing cause you really have to try to look at this from like here's an example what would you consider to be your favorite Violent J verse or song well you know it's Toy Box Toy Box okay so that's Riddle Box that was during their meteoric rise when they were signed to Jive Records for a period when they made that album. Yeah. Like, you have to, if you really look, for the most part, Jay writes a lot of his best shit when he's happy. Like, a lot of people would tell you that Shangri-La and Hell's Pit was their uh, lyrical peak. I don't know that I would agree with that necessarily. But I have heard a lot of people say that. And I just, again, man, I really, this album was, this is the way that I look at it. Jay is somebody who is very specific about his brand, and he's very specific about the shit that he releases and the things that he does. And ICP and Psychopathic Records are pretty fucking notorious for doing things and starting things and not finishing them and, and announcing things that don't happen. Case in point, People are still waiting for this, like, they were going to do some kind of thing where everybody that went to these four different, five different shows, like, if you went to all five and you had all five coins, I remember you this, could yeah. get, like, some kind of crazy cool shit. I imagine this was one of Jay's ideas, I don't know, but every show that's been going on, you know, from here, they haven't done it yet. And at this point, as long as it's been, because the last one that they did, I actually have the coin in my car. It was from the uh, the hoedown in fucking West Virginia. And at this point, I'd probably just keep it for sentimental value unless somebody wanted to offer me a lot of money for it. But I just, I wonder if they're going to finish that. I, I But my point, I guess, was the amount of things that Psychopathic has announced and then not done or said they were going to do and not do... The fact that this was something that he started to do and then did, like, put it to you like this. He was working on something called Walking Home. That was supposed to be a thing where it was like, there was on Monday and then there was going to be Tuesday. And so I think it was going to be all seven days. And I think they maybe made it to Tuesday. And then I'm pretty sure this is the most recent thing that they put out. Uh, the, you know, the, the Bloody Sunday, that's his most recent thing. So, I think that's pretty significant that it, like, that he was doing this one thing and then just in the midst of it just kind of abandoned it and then made this album, which, who's to say, based on the way that it sounds, who knows how long he actually took to make it? A day. 
And say, you want to know what? It could be any amount of time. Any amount of time you told me that he took to make that album, I believe. He's too obsessed with pussy right now. The older he gets, the more obsessed he becomes with pussy, and the the worse his music gets. That's what I've noticed. Personal opinion. I, you know, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> I wonder. My thing is, I've never been, bro. You gotta understand. I, as long as I've been doing this juggalo shit, I don't know fucking anybody who's friends with him. I don't know anybody that knows Jay. And at that point, I like. Cause here's the thing: when I was a kid. I used to genuinely have the craziest thoughts of like, oh, I wonder what Jay is doing. Like, I wonder what kind of craziness he's getting into, especially after I read Bond and Pain. Like, oh man, what kind of crazy fucking, what kind of shenanigans is he and Shaggy getting into today? Who fucking, who can imagine? But nowadays, I think about just like him as a person, he's like a human being, like an actual fucking human. Yeah. And I just wonder to myself, like, what? What is his day-to-day life? You know what I mean? And if this is the album that he wanted to put out, you know what I mean? They're promoting it. They want people to hear it. So it's like, to me, if this is the album that he wants people to hear, like, bro, I don't know. One real quick thing, um, and then we'll wrap this up because I got to go pick up the kid. But um, you said, you know, he knows that He's not, you know, juggle the hardcore juggalos. They they don't typically listen to hip hop. They don't care about like flow and shit like that. But here's the thing: Violent J is such a hip hop head, and he cares so much about hip hop. Do you think he listens to this and goes, "This is the best thing I've ever done"? Fuck no. Okay. I fucking hope not. I Holy hope shit. Not. Cause why would you but even release? Not, why would you? I've never released an album where I didn't think this is the best shit I've ever done. Okay, but so again, this is kind of my point. That is exactly the reason why I think the album is relevant. Because this is what he chose to release. <laughs> Pretty much everything else that he's ever done has been far higher quality than this. Yeah. Bloody Sunday. A lot of people are going to call it a bad album. I personally don't think it's a bad album. It is not his best work, but fuck, it is honest work. It's better than like, it's better than Kid Crusher. Soul on the fucking tracks on this one, and it was to me, it felt like it, it was more important that he say exactly what he wanted. And you want to know what? This is this, as far as I'm concerned, this is cannabis's notebook for Violent J. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got some very, very specific shit to say, and God damn it, I'm gonna fucking put it out because you can't stop me from putting it out. What the fuck are you gonna do? I'm gonna put an album out, and it's gonna have the psychopathic stamp on it because I'm Violent Fucking J. Suck my dick. And to me, I really look at it where. When you listen to an album like this, and especially you know it, I don't think it costs that much to make, which is exactly why the hard copies of the album are coming in these black cases. I kind of like it, actually. It's got three crosses on it. It's like, it's definitely got like an unholy vibe. And that's kind of what I'm saying, like, a harrowing time. Just you look at that shit where, like the kind of thoughts I have about this shit, Violet J bought his mother a house with rap money. 
right or wrong. He got rich and he bought his mother a house. There's no right. way he did. And so fucking, I have to imagine that she's reasonably involved in the process, at least in so much as she knows when the music is coming out and she'll look into it. And she'll probably, I, I would imagine she would listen to a lot of the music. Can you imagine Bowling Jay's mother listening to this album and being like, good job, Jay? Yeah, because she's his mother. If anybody that loves Jay listens to this album, I hope they fucking hug him tight after they listen to it. Bro, and that's, I don't think he has, you know, obviously someone like Eminem, right? Someone like Eminem, if once you're in the hundreds of millions of dollars or even like above 20 mil, you got motherfuckers around you that are yes men. They're never going to tell you that's whack, that's fucking, but, and you would think it would be that same thing as psychopathic with this. Uh, well, but so here's the thing, though. I think that when it comes to Jay, if you look back in psychopathic history far enough back, a lot of different times, there have been things that I like. The best example I think that I could give is on the last album that I that psychopathic re- released from Twisted. It was Abominations, and ICP was featured on the track Abomination. Now. Call me crazy, but I personally do not believe that that was Twisted's idea. I cannot see them featuring ICP on their title track of their album. Yeah. So, at that point, Jay, I think, just kind of does what he wants to do. I think that it's like, basically, we're going to do what I want to do, and that's how that's going to go. Because again, psychopathic records is his brainchild. I, and I, I, I get that, but how? I understand that whole process. I understand everything you're saying, but how could he, inside of his fucking, he has to live with this shit. He, no matter, even if I'm doing a feature verse for someone and it's never gonna go anywhere, but just like 20 people hear it on YouTube, I will give a fucking decent effort. To, to lay down some fire. And Violent J, he must be thinking this shit is fire. His verse on the uh, Eight Ways to Die Cypher killed the entire song. Fucking horrendous. I don't know if you remember that cypher with Ouija and Cage and uh, DJ Paul. Uh, I remember hearing about it, but I honestly, during that era... I wasn't really like. I mean, how dare he put himself after Cage? It's like you should have been first. I mean, you know, the, that way we get the wax shit out of the way, and then we could. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> the, I, again, so he needs the someone there. He, he needs someone there to say, "Jay, I love you, man." Where's Shaggy, man? Yeah, but okay. So this is kind of my point, though, bro. That if you're if you're talking about. If, if any of the shit that he is saying on track is to be believed, any of the stuff that's not obviously just fantastical violence, right. a song like No Friends, I mean, shit, it sounds to me like him and Shaggy probably ain't all that fucking close no more if that's how he feels. I'm not saying that's how he actually feels about them, too. I, the ITP obviously has an unbreakable bond. Shaggy has said has said as much, and I know that Shaggy's got his back at all times. But I think that if Jay is making a song like that to to just come right out and say I have no friends, like I think that 
he's making like it's a cry out trying to do something where taking the way that he's feeling even if he's just feeling that way in a moment even if it's just he was having a real fucked up week and some real bad shit happened maybe he got some bad news about something and then he just made that song and then was like I think that other people like that hear this somebody might hear this and it might help them because they're like that's how I've been feeling right because you want to know what again Juggalos are definitely part of that, like... I mean, listen to fucking Suicide Boys, who Juggalos happen to love a a lot of the time. Like, all they talk about is wanting to kill themselves. So, and I don't even mean that as, like, a fucking obvious joke about the name Suicide Boys. Listen to the fucking songs. They're talking about killing themselves all the fucking time. Or wanting to die. Or, like, hating the world or whatever. So, the idea that, like... A lot of the shit that ICP has done, it has been more about the feeling and the potential message as opposed to just straight lyricism. Why can't, I mean, it, why can't it be all? Why can't it be all three? What? Why can't it be all three? I know Jake can well, spit. Because I, you want to know what? Because, like I said, in the case of an album like this, I really think that. It was important to him to get it out this way. Because again, Jay has historically been pretty fucking, you know, strict about what he releases out of Psychopath. Like, there has not been much that has ever been released where you could be like, dude, that was fucking terrible. And if it was fucking terrible, it was because the dude that put it out just didn't rap that good. And they had a contract for an album that they had to fucking get finished. At least I would assume that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. With like some, you know, like I don't know. Definitely, uh, certain ABK albums were not uh, were not as good as maybe they could have been. Okay, well I gotta. Although I, I, I that it was actually pretty good. Well, I gotta roll. Um, I give. The, what do you give this out of ten? Out of ten stars. Honestly, I the best I can give it is a seven, and that's again because I have to. I have to be honest about the quality, but I also will not discount the value. Like that to me, there is a lot of value in this album to me. And again, I'm a fucking juggalo. That's the big difference here. Be you not be you being not only not a juggalo, but somebody who is, and I also respect this about you. This is why I like you. That is fiercely loyal to lyricism. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's just ICP is like, what can I tell you bro, that's big homie? What you want to like, well, what? That's fucking, you, you, I, it, this shit, even when it's whack, there's fucking, there's something in it to be taken from it. Right. That's the way, that's the way that I've always looked at it because, again, ICP was like, never really known for like, killing the bars, so to speak. Right. It was more about great songs, great shows, and this inexplicable vibe that you kind of have to like live to believe or see to believe at the very least, which is unfortunate because I don't know how many ICP shows are ever going to happen again at this point. Well, that's respect. But, that's respect. Let me... I, I'm going to give it... I'm, and I'm trying to be fully fair. I don't want to be biased toward you for you or against you. Hey, listen, bro. I was. I'm expecting below a five at least. I'm. I'm gonna give it a five. 
And here's All why. Right. Here's That's why. Fair. Because That's I your did. I think that is fair. I did. Here, the only reason it's so high for me is because what you've been saying about the whole vibe of it, you could tell he's in a very dark place. You could feel that immediately. Whether you like the lyrics or whether, you know, any of that, the beats, whatever, you could definitely feel the vibe. And he was going for the vibe and he achieved that vibe of, of darkness, of some sort of brooding energy inside of him, some darker energy. So for that, I'll give him five. But. I basically wrote down here, uh, let me just, um, uh, here's, oh, here's the worst tracks in my opinion, okay, and it's most of them, okay, uh, Scatterbra Scatterbrain 2 sounds like Midlife Crisis on Wax, uh, Bloody Sunday, Jesus Christ, I'd rather lick a bloody tampon than listen to this shit, uh, In the Hole We Discuss, Jay Needs to Stop Singing, No Friends, Put Auto-Tune on That Bitch. I hate auto-tune, but I would love to hear some auto-tune on Jay singing. Um, <laughs> you know, that actually is kind of fair. The hur the Herder, I thought, was completely predictable. Like, I knew every rhyme he was going to say before he said it. Uh, so I got to take a couple points away. But, now let me get to the tracks I thought were pretty decent. And there are a few. Um, Clown Blood, I liked. I liked um, Pitch Dark. I really like the beat of that. It really, I, I love like mid two thousand shit, and that really reminded me of like right, a, right, right. like a 05 beat. And the stiff was pretty cool. At least yeah, Jay that is was, that was a fun track. I at like least Jay is on beat, and it, like it's, it's somewhat interesting. And then my two favorite tracks uh, was some good pussy, just because pure entertainment, and something's in my room. Something's in my room was, and I mean again, man. That reminded that that track, that track reminded me most of like an old school ICP kind of song. That exactly. Well, no, true indeed. But what I'm saying is just every song on this album, I got the vibe of just like just everything's bad. Yeah, it's all fucking not good. Right. That's like. It really like again, just the vibe of the album is so overwhelmingly fucking negative. Is like it really is kind of crazy, especially like when you look at the album art and the pile of bodies. He's fucking one of them. Yeah, the like, hidden, the hid, the hidden egg. All right, bro. Well, I gotta go. Um, gotta go pick up this. This has been a great podcast. No, I agree, man. I think we will, we, uh, we will keep it moving. And quite frankly, I mean. At least just for the audio, you know, we'll figure out the rest of it in the back end. But, I mean, if we can make this work, we can just do this. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, brother. No reason to get fucking, no reason to get, uh, get fancy when the, uh, when the two of us are quite so captivating. Yeah, exactly. The we captivating just... podcast, the, the America's most captivating podcast, they call us. Oh, yes. Most captivating underground hip-hop podcast. Again, like share subscribe like those fucking idiots on youtube say uh fucking reviews five star reviews if you review the show we will read it on the air and uh that 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 we will do right. so uh script till next time max peace. rest you motherfuckers it's snm on the ground peace fuck out peace